Alright folks, today I'm going to talk about Stone Towers of Southwest China Various locations China, I'll put the link to all the stuff um, This, These towers that I found, the Himalayan Towers, okay I, found them, I find them very interesting, okay Alright, so there's one website called World Monuments Fund, WMF.org, about the towers spread throughout Sichuan Province and the Tibet Autonomous Region. 250 stone towers rise above the trees of southwest China. These monumental structures were built from a combination of cut stone brick and timber and appear in several forms square polygonal and star-shaped with 5 6 10 12 or 13 points there is no existing documentation of the creation or function of the towers so their role in the region's history remains a mystery Chinese and Tibetan scholars have surmised that they were erected between A.D. 200 and 1400 and used as storage, defensive posts, status symbols, and beacons. The towers have survived mostly intact despite centuries of earthquakes because of an earthquake-proofing method employed in their construction. Wood planks and beams were interspersed between the stones to absorb the force. Fucking brilliant, man. This practice is unique to the region and can still be seen today. Through the decades, several of the towers have been subject to vandalism and insensitive ruse, while others have been neglected completely. Many are without roofs, allowing rainwater to enter and destabilize the soil surrounding the foundations. 2006 World Monuments Watch The stone towers of southwest China were placed on the 2006 watch list. Prior to their nomination, the towers were largely unknown, even to experts within China. Although conservation appeared difficult, because the towers are so spread out, it was hoped that watch listing would uh, bring support from the local authorities. The stone towers are located in provinces that are home to several of China's minority ethnic groups, many of whom do not have written histories. Because of the dearth of information about the region's past, the physical presence of the stone towers is crucial evidence that a civilization thrived there. I agree. Examining these structures could provide otherwise unavailable clues to these cultures. The conservation of the towers will invite tourism, which will improve the region's economy and support its current inhabitants. Alright, uh, I found this other piece from... A book, I'm assuming, by, yes, it is a book. The Secret Towers of the Himalayas by Frederick D'Aragon. Um, and this is a page from it. Um, the Rugged Hinterlands. Oh my God. This is it right here. 
the story I am putting together, folks, is going to be my... Okay, anyways. The rugged hinterlands of western uh, Sichuan province, province between central China and the Tibetan autonomous region. Okay, wait. That's, yeah, this is the... Okay, so they basically took this from... Um, until recently, that is... I just read it. Uh, and the Tibetan Autonomous Region, an area known as the Tribal Corridor, were at one time dotted, dotted with thousands of lofty stone towers, cunningly designed, skillfully constructed, remarkable in form and scale, and mysterious in origin. A few hundred of them still stand scattered amongst an indigenous populace largely ignorant of their history, indifferent to their presence and often detrimental detrimental to their well-being until recently that is the towers have acquired a champion in the adventurous person of frederick d'aragon who became a dedicated amateur archaeologist as she delved into the mystery surrounding the origins of these remarkable structures who, ha who had built them and why and when were the questions she set out to answer. In the process, she uncovered answers to another question, how were they built? These answers are to be found in her book, The Sacred Towers of the Himalayas. From her home bases in Sichuan, an apartment in Chengdu, the capital, and a house adjoining a tower in one of the many valleys, she has conducted what amounts to the first census taking of the towers, counting them, mapping them, measuring them, drawing them, photographing them, categorizing them, collecting samples of wooden elements for carbon dating, questioning the people living in proximity to the towers, and researching the history of the regions in which they are to be found. Who? As Dargon recounts, the towers are found in what is known as the Tribal Corridor between Central Tibet and China. This area has been inhabited time, inhabited time out of mind by a distinctly varied assortment of tribes, often categorized in Chinese ancient texts as the Kuyang Ren, Ren meaning people, the Okay, so the Qiang, Qiang Ren people. In the recorded history of China, there are few clues about these regions before the 4th century AD. During China's Sui Dynasty, 581 to 618, and Tang Dynasty, 618 to 907, a time when Tibet had become a military power. Hmm, I never knew that. Many independent-minded barbarian tribes created regional kingdoms in the rugged hinterlands between the two realms. The tribal corridor today is, comp is comprised of 20 or so regions that are home to more than a dozen minorities, as well as a number of Han Chinese that entered during the the Qing Dynasty, 1644 to 1912, and since, due to the diverse nature of their origins and the fragmented terrain in which they live, 
the languages spoken by the contemporary rural peoples are dissimilar, varying greatly from valley to valley. Hmm, interesting. One thing these mutually unintelligible languages and or dialects do have in common is the lack of a written form. Therefore, there is no written history. See, this is the problem. When you don't remember, you tend to make the same. Okay. There are towers of various kinds and qualities throughout the, t the tribal corridor, but only four regions where the star towers. I mean, they could have oral history, though even if they don't have written history alright um, but only four regions where the star towers are to be found the current inhabitants of these regions are considered to belong mainly to the Tibetan or Kiang minority minorities but Darragon is convinced that their ancestors who built the towers were in fact subjects of fairly independent kingdoms the Kiang of the Min mountains the Jiarong, the Minyang, and the people of Nyangpo. When conscientiously, Darragon collected samples from structural wooden elements for laboratory carbon dating. The oldest towers are those found at the highest altitude. Huh, interesting. The oldest ones are, the are at the highest altitude. Hmm. In Kongpo and the southeast of the Tibetan Autonomous Region, one wood sample from the region was dated from between 780 to 1040 AD, another from 900 to 1140. Of course, the wood samples might be older than the tower itself, so bearing this in mind, she was careful to sample smaller pieces of wood, which was less likely to have been reused very uh thoughtful like like meaning that's that's very well done right there okay of 58 towers dated the youngest were found to be around 500 years old the oldest could have been built as long as 1200 years ago it is an interesting coincidence that the era of tower building here 900 to 1400 corresponded roughly to the great era of cathedral and tower building in Europe. See, okay. <laughs> whoa, 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 okay. Why? As the Smithsonian article relates, many theories have been put forward. Some say the towers were, de were defensive in nature, that this was a lawless land subject to inter internecine raiding and invasion from outside. Indeed, many of them seem to have been designed for that purpose as integral features of fortified hamlets. Hmm. The entryways of some towers were several meters above ground level, like the towers built by the Irish monks to safeguard themselves against Viking raiders. Alright, that was that for that one. section which I thought was interesting oh yeah it was uh it was, yeah let me read you this P 
post or article from The Guardian um, just came out what, today. Yeah. Sensational skeleton buried in Vesuvius eruption found at Herculaneum. Archaeologists find remains of fugitive during first dig at site near Pompeii in almost three decades. The partially mutilated remains of a man buried by the AD 79 eruption of Mount Vesuvius at Herculaneum, the ancient Roman town close to Pompeii, have been discovered in what Italy's culture minister described as a sensational find. Archaeologists said the man, believed to have been aged between 40 and 45, was killed just steps away from the sea as he tried to flee the eruption. His skeleton was found on what would have been the ancient town's beach, with the head pointing back in the direction of the sea and surrounded by carbonized wood, including a roof beam that might have crushed his skull, the Italian news agency ANSA reported. The last moments here were instantaneous but terrible. Francesco Serrano, the director of Herculaneum, Herculaneum Archaeological Park, told ANSA. It was 1 a.m. when the pyroclastic surge produced by the volcano reached the town for the first time with a temperature of 300 to 400 degrees, or even, according to some studies, 500 to 700 degrees a white-hot cloud that raced towards the sea at a speed of 100 kilometers, 60, 60 miles per hour, which was so dense that it had no oxygen in it. The man's bones were bright red color, which Serrano said was the mark of the stains left by the victim's blood. The discovery was made during the first archaeological dig at Herculaneum, a much smaller and less well-known site than neighboring Pompeii in almost three decades. Excavations in the 1980s and 90s unearthed the skeletons of more than 300 victims piled in boat sheds, where they are believed to have been sheltering while they waited to be rescued by sea. Dario Franceschini, Italy's culture minister, said the sensational discovery of the remains of a fugitive at the archaeological site of Herculaneum is great news, first of all because the find is due to the resumption in this place. After almost 30 years of scientific excavations conducted by the ministry's technical staff, Herculaneum was buried under about 15 meters, that's 50 feet, of volcanic ash until it was rediscovered during the digging of a well in the early 18th century. Alright, so why, what does this have to do with the towers, alright? Now let me read you this part from Wikipedia. <laughs> The Himalayan towers, also called stone star-shaped towers, are stone tower houses built for defensive purposes. Defensive purpose, citation needed, found mostly in Kham, a region of Tibet, as well as in the area inhabited by the modern Qiang people, and in the historical region inhabited by the Tanguts. Alright, so definitely I gotta look at 
Alright, those these towers can be found both in cities and in uninhabited uninhabited regions. They were described for the first time during the Ming Dynasty, thirteen sixty eight to sixteen forty four. Carbon dating by Frederick Dargon shows they were built up approximately five hundred to eighteen hundred years ago. Citation needed. Well, that can be from that book. From from that book, since. They are generally located in prosperous villages. It is believed that their primary function was that of a demonstration of a family's prestige within the community. This is complete bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> in my opinion. At that time, wealth was acquired especially by the trade with the Mongols. For strength, many of the towers use a star pattern of walls as opposed to a strictly rectangular method. Their heights can exceed 60 meters, 200 feet. The towers were listed by World Monuments Fund in the Endangered Cultural Sites list of the 2006 World Monuments Watch. The towers were unknown to mainstream cultural experts in China prior to its enlistment as an endangered site. The World Monument Fund has allocated resources to repair and conserve some of the towers which have been vandalized or neglect, neglected through time. Locals have been pushing for the declaration of the towers and its landscape to be part. Okay, now, if you, if you just go and read the book of Psalms or just listen to the audio version of it, you will hear this so-called character King David, apparently, who wrote the Psalms. You will hear King David, apparently, um, take shelter in in a mighty tower. It's it's very interesting the way they they write those passages. It's like he's talking to God, which I say is a volcano. In, from inside this tower and it's it's he says here let me fucking just look it up um, he, he calls God a mighty tower the tower of David also known as the citadel is an ancient citadel citadel loca located near the Jaffa gate entrance to the old city of Jerusalem all right so all these towers the star of David on the flag of Israel the six-sided star it's it's a uh, yeah it's all it's these stone towers these star towers uh, all these mandalas okay the the flag of israel with the star of david on it it's a top set top view of a tower of a temple of a building the mandalas are blueprints for a building which is a a cathedral a temple whatever it's it's a blueprint for for a structure and my take on this is 
just like from that page I read it said it is an interesting coincidence that the era of tower building here 900 to 1400 correspond roughly to the great era of cathedral and tower building in Europe hmm and this is my point I think they built these towers in Tibet as yeah defensive towers but also let's say well I have to look up this area if this if this area was volcanic then let's say just like I just read this article of the the archaeological find they found in Herculaneum which was under 50 feet of volcanic ash 50 feet okay these towers go up to some go up to 200 feet all right in Hawaii after a lava flow if the people's houses have been basically destroyed under lava or volcanic ash they usually build their new house right on top of the old one <laughs> so this theme has been going on throughout history I feel like and these these towers let's say I mean I'm not saying well these could withstand um, who knows maybe if it was built out of stone um, you know let's say there's a lava flow coming downhill these people in the tower in the town they go up to the tower go into the tower and you know just because they are earthquake proof apparently so these fuckers were definitely building these towers to withstand something um, and I think like they said the coincidence when they were building all the stuff in Europe the cathedral and tower building in Europe which is basically mostly the Vatican and Italy yeah, I think some missionaries, probably Jesuit priests from the Vatican, if that's if they were even there, then I mean they say the Vatican, the the, the they've been around for over two thousand years, so emperors, emperors sent. missionaries whatever you want to call them to this region and they they got this wisdom of building these towers to I think withstand volcanic eruptions but that's just my opinion um, I think somebody knows something about these towers um the whole tower craze in italy the leading the leaning tower of pisa that just look up towers in italy man like there's there's a bunch man like it's retarded all right i think 
this whole technology of of the sacred geometry uh, arche uh, the sacred geometry architecture these these towers this you'll see this style the, the, a lot of people call it the Tartarian style but I think all this stuff this this ancient wisdom of building these sort of crazy towers came from that whole region up there which I think was built to yeah withstand earthquakes volcanoes floods well hopefully one of the floods flood waters are below 200 feet <laughs> um yeah Italy is full of these towers so yeah I think there's definitely a connection um the story forming so far in my head sounds crazy because I think the whole Bible was just plagiarized and these stories had to come from somewhere and what civilizations have written histories that go beyond 2,000 years hmm so if the Vatican decided when history began because that is the timeline we are on the Gregorian calendar Pope Gregory he decided when the year zero was so if those fuckers decided when that was, that was around 2,000 years ago. The Vatican has been around for around 2,000 years. So these fuckers had to get these stories from people who were older than them. And who are these people? Who were these people who had more advanced technologies than these cocksuckers even before the Vatican? 2,000 years. Hmm. I don't know. Only leaves a few options. <laughs> Especially in that area. That would re that would leave only one option. Which is China. China has the longest written history. Out of all of us cocksucking civilizations. The longest. China and India. But I'm, sorry, I'm saying China because this area is over there <laughs> so this had to come and and in this section it said the oldest towers are those found at the highest altitude in the Kongpo in the southeast of the Tibetan autonomous region this, this is what I'm saying man this 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 area Tibet there's a reason why China is is take owns Tibet right now because Tibet is the highest region in that area and remember with altitude comes fresh water Tibet the 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 rivers that come out of Tibet Tibet basically water 
I think over five countries down below. Over five, six countries, the rivers that go down from Tibet. So we are ants in search of high altitude regions which provide fresh water. And I think these towers have a story to tell. And I think, um, like in The Lord of the Rings, Mr. Tolkien used these towers to symbolize certain themes. I definitely think, I mean, the whole word tower, just think about it. Tower is about, is about perspective, is about view, is about scale. You go up to a high point, you go up to a mountain basically, and you have a better viewpoint. You can see from up above what's going on below. You can see danger if danger is coming. You can see farther ahead. Literally, you can see farther ahead. Now we can have drones, okay? But yeah, I mean, I can I can see the whole wealth thing. But also, I think uh, if you're gonna build something like this, there's there's definitely more than just wealth. I think there has to be like an actual practical use for it too so yeah I think I think a lot of people took shelter in these even in the game Age of Empires <laughs> when shit goes down all your villagers all your workers can go back and hide in the tower it had to come from somewhere people these ideas had to come from somewhere first you see the monkey first we see then we imitate that's why they say the highest form of flattery is imitation monkey see monkey do that's how we learn okay that's how everything learns <laughs> you see something else do it you try yourself and I think there's this whole side of history that that is being hidden and I'm saying I think everyone is ready for the truth. I think. I am. I don't know about you folks, but I think we're all adults now, and we can handle the truth. Okay? Why don't you try, test us out? We can handle the truth. Instead of giving us, feeding us all this bullshit, how about the world leaders or wh whoever the fuck knows the story comes out and just tells the truth. How about that? We have the internet now. We have the means. Everyone has a fucking smartphone. Like, well, I'm not worried. The truth always comes out. So, that's my take on these towers. Um... Hopefully somebody who listens to this knows someone does or whatever and maybe someone can figure out what's going on with these towers because I know there's a story and I know some people know, all right?
Okay. Um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Peace.